The hits keep on coming. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. It's me again. Um, it, it's Joe, and it's just Joe because Andy's been fired. No, he he obviously hasn't been fired. He's he's busy. He's got loads of stuff on, none of which involves podcasting. So it's uh, sorry, everyone. I'm really sorry about this, but we're just going to have to make do. Um, a really exciting episode on the way for everyone. Um, so open up your, your ear rolls. Um, we've got yet another uh, non-league football interview, which is becoming a real staple of the EFL Sesh podcast. And it really helps us because the more that we get guests on, the less you have to listen to me, which is, yeah, obviously that's a huge win. Um, and before then, we've obviously got got all the bangers. Um despite Andy not being here physically, he's always here in uh, in spirit and also in discipline. He, he's he been very clear, I must stick to the script and, and, and give you all the baying masses what you want. So that is exactly what I shall do. Um, the managerial merry-go-round, everyone wants to ride. So here's your ticket, gang. Um, I, I, I did it quite late last week, so... Actually, I thought we all might get let off the hook for today. However, Sunderland had other ideas. They've come in with a last-minute bit of news that simply cannot be not talked about. Um, and that is Michael Beale getting the, the tin tack after only 12 games in charge. Um, bizarre. Bizarre. What's going on at Sunderland? Answers on a postcard, please. Um, not to say that Michael Beale was doing a particularly smashing job. Um, only four wins and two draws from his 12 games in charge but 12 games isn't enough time to judge someone Um, and equally it seemed like pretty much from the word go nobody wanted him to be there including maybe him Um, not entirely sure what the game plan here was we've obviously also seen that bizarre sort of mean girls like blanking of his own player after subbing him off at the weekend, bizarre, just weird stuff. Um, yeah, sorry, Michael Beale. Sorry, Sun. More sorry for Sunderland fans, really. What the hell's going on? Um, and who on earth comes in now? Like, who wants that job? Like, here, here's this chalice full of poison. Would you like to drink it? No, I didn't think so. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll, I'll throw my hat in the ring. I've got a pretty decent football manager save on the go at the minute. Um, and I'm yet to actively annoy any of the Sunderland team, which would put me, like on a, on a personal note anyway, I'm sure I'm quite annoying in general if they were to listen to me. Um, so that would put me in an immediate advantage over Big Bad Beal. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, Sunderland getting a bit of reputation now for doing this. Just, just binning off managers for absolutely no reason. But hey, I'm I'm not a football owner. I uh, I I I'm in very little position to, to 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 judge, I guess. But hey, it's my podcast. I'll say what I want, and Andy isn't here to temper me either. So 
<laughs> whoops. Um, that's it. That's it for your managerial merry-go-round. Sorry, the ticket wasn't valid, valid for much. Um, only a short ride today, but I hope you enjoyed it. Um, uh, hopefully we're sort of past silly season now. That sort of weird interim bit between the January transfer window and the summer where teams don't really feel like it's worth getting rid of a manager unless they're in like serious relegation trouble. Um, so they just sort of limp along into their 15th place finish. Um, so yeah, we await with uh, with bated breath where the next where the where the axe falls next. Um, that that for me, that's your managerial merry-go-round. Um, I know lots of you are probably wondering with all of these interviews, where are all the where are all the match day reports? I mean, that's what we tune in for. That's what that's what the tens of thousands of people are atting us on on X, formerly known as Twitter, about. Um, and the answer to that is shut up. Shut up. Um, I don't care what you think. Um, I'll tell you what's more exciting than hearing me talk about Leighton Orient versus Burton. It's hearing an actual football person talk about football. And that, and that's what we're bringing you. So be grateful for the spoonfuls of porridge that you are getting and not the spoonfuls of ready break that you aren't. Um, and without further ado, I feel like that's the, that's the perfect and most <laughs> ordinary segue into this episode's uh, interview that you're going to get out of me. So, brace yourselves. It's another good one. I introduce you to Sammy Knott. Hello again, it's me. Um, but now I'm joined by our illustrious guest for this week, um, Sammy Knott, Assistant Manager of Canvey Island. How are you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you? Excellent. Oh, I'm brilliant. Thank you. Good. Oh, good. I'm not well, used to being asked that. Not, yeah, I'm the one <laughs> in the interview Thank chair you for now. having me anyway. I appreciate it. No, not, not, not at all. And thanks for coming. Um, yes, no, Andy, but I will persevere anyway. Um, <laughs> our, our typical question to begin with, um, and yeah, in as much or as little detail as you as you would like, but give the give the audience some background as to as to how you've got here. Not necessarily onto the pod because that could be a very boring <laughs> answer. But uh, where you are in in your footballing journey? <laughs> uh, footballing wise, sort of all started at a very young age. Um, probably six six years old, sort of thing. Sort of love of football. My dad was a footballer, mm. not a, not a pro, but played semi pro. Um, at the time, he was playing for sort of Canby, Concord, Tilbury, all them sort of teams. So at a young age, me and my brother was always kicking a ball around somewhere, annoying somebody. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, basically started footballing-wise at Concord Rangers. Hmm. Um, and I was pretty much there up until sort of under sixes all the way through to the first team, really, with a couple of sort of brief stints away. I'm um, sorry. Um, a couple of brief stints away. So we moved to Spain, played in, in Spain for a, a year um, with my mum and my brother. <laughs> yeah, well, not quite, not quite, not a very good one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really, I, I was sort of a, at a young age, I was, I was decent. Um, my brother was a lot better than me, so I, I will <laughs> add that one in there. Um, but I used to always get trials at pro clubs. I think, I think, I looking back on it, it might have been because of who my brother was a little bit. Um, but I'm, I'm big enough, big enough to say that now. Um, <laughs> I was cl- I was close on a couple, um, but nothing sort of re- ever really come off. Um, although I went to South End, I signed to South End at about fourteen, 
um, was there for six months or so and got offered a new deal. And I was at that sort of age, I was quite happy playing my friends. Mm. Um, looking back on that now as well, it was probably one regret I have. Try not to live life with any regrets, but that was certainly one of them that look back and think what what would have happened if. But then I certainly wouldn't be where I am now. So mm. it's not worth looking too far back on. Um, so I went back to Concord playing with my mates. Um, and at 15 years old, Danny and Nicky Carley were managers at Concord first team, and they was also my PE teachers. Mm. Um, sort of, and my mum was a PE teacher with them. Uh, so that sort of was where the first team sort of thing started to come around. I started training with them at 15. Um, on my 16th birthday, signed the forms, was in the squad straight away that weekend, for a couple of injuries and stuff. Mm. Um, and at 16 years old, I was buzzing, to be honest. I, yeah. My whole life, I'd watched sort of non-league football. I was very much a non-league fan as a kid mm. sort of thing. And it was always the route that I thought I was going to take, really. Um Sort of got a couple of little chances there at 16, 17. And I love my time with Danny and Nick here and at Concord. I, I'd be lying if I said that wasn't the case. Mm. Um, sort of went went away. He went to Averley at 17, played there in the Ryman North. Um, then got a move to East Farrock in the Ryman Prem. Um, and that's sort of probably my most enjoyable years, sort of 17, 17, 18 years old. First season at East Farrock was playing playing week in, week out, really, uh, minus a couple of little injuries that people always used to sort of go on about with me um, mm. until sort of my footballing career sort of all changed in the playoff final that year. Um, I tore my, excuse me, tore my ACL in the playoff final 25 minutes in at home to Dalit Chamlet. Um, and I'll be honest, ever since then, football sort of went downhill for me, to be honest. It was... Um, it was hard to take as one of them at 18 years old. I was thinking, oh, I'll get through this. It's fine. And done all the rehab, done everything. Bang on. Spent a year out. First pre-season game, done my knee again. Mm. Um, ended up getting back fit and played. was lucky enough to play in the Conference South. I think it was probably 12 games that season, right towards the end of the year. Um, and was looking like I was going to sort of carry on doing something footballing-wise. And then another operation later and then another one it sort of I ended up sort of going to Wolfram Abbey for a little bit because uh, I had uh, Billy Holland was there who I played with at Averley um, so he took me in just to get me some game time and then signed for Canvey um, mm. under Benno and that's what I thought sort of at the time I was um and ahhing at what level I was going to play at but I knew my body was struggling a little bit with my knee uh, signed for Canvey and then was just really unlucky from there, sort of injury, little injury after little injury. Um, and then it comes to the point at 20, 23 years old, um, done my knee again, playing in a game for Benfley, um, just to get some minutes. Benno said, go and get some minutes. And I was ready. I would have been training for months. Sort of played, done really well, scored. That was my last ever goal, I think. Um, <laughs> I'll then, it a uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a penalty actually. I oh. left back and I took the penalty. Um, but yeah, so it was, I've done my knee again that time. And then it was a point of in my life, I spoke to my surgeon and staff and spoke to the physio and people around me. And it was, it took such a toll on me as a person, hmm. sort of 
in the space of five, six years, I had four four knee surgeries. Um, and it just really, really, really sort of struggled dealing with it mentally, sort of in the gym on your own and stuff like mm. that. And there was only so much I could have time off work and stuff. Obviously, each operation was another month or six weeks off work. Um, so I made that decision to sort of give it up. And I was sort of one of them. Ah, so right, I go and sort of spend a Saturday afternoon in the pub with the boys, mm. watching the watching the football game, watching them, having a few bets and stuff. And I did it for three or four weeks, and then I was just like, something's. I need to do something. I've got mm. to do something. I've got to be involved in football from sort of such a young age. My whole life was football. Um, and then I spoke to Ben again. I rung Ben, uh, Mark Bentley, and just said please but I basically begged him I said I'm happy to pick up cones I'm happy to do anything I said mm. I just need need that sort of structure from 16 years old it was Tuesday Thursday Saturday for me and then all of a sudden it didn't have that and then I could go out for a beer on a Friday night and a Saturday night <laughs> and not have no it was just that structure for me that I wanted to get back mm. in my life at that time um so Ben I said yeah come in and that pre-season I sort of helped out did did anything he and Brad asked me at the time, sort of anything, sort of kept quiet on the touchline. It was it was perfect. It mm. was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. And sort of once I got a little taste of being in and around it and like the management side of things, it was it sort of the love and the grip for football just come alive again. And it it was I'm forever grateful for Benno for giving me that opportunity. And I've always say that to him, even when I speak to him now. Um it was it was an opportunity to give me. He didn't have to give it to me at my age. I was 23 years old going in mm. to be sort of a, a coach, cone boy, whatever you want to call it at the time. Uh, water boy, I've been called I've been called them all. Um, <laughs> but that was that was brilliant of him. And then one thing led to another sort of that pre-season and he was happy with what I was doing. So I sort of then started taking sessions, etc. just little bits, helping Brad basically at the time. And then... Yeah, and then obviously he moved on, and then Brad, me and Brad had the conversation, and Brad was going to go for it, and he was happy for me to sort of go as his number two, and then sort of have not not looked back since. And it's something that I now look at it. I know I should still be playing; that still hurts me inside. Mm. Uh, I'd be lying if I said that didn't. But it's now for me, my aim is to try and make a career out of sort of the management side, the coaching side, something involved in football still. Mm. So yeah, that's that's where it's, at. it's not a long career uh, talk really because unfortunately the injuries stopped that. <laughs> no, interesting though. I will tell you one thing that's so obvious. Whoever we talk to, whether we can be or not in the non-league, is the just love of the game. Like it, mm-hmm. it, there's so much passion, and it's so interesting as well how how often it is that there's the links between these, I mean, obviously it's the local area that we're talking about, but these links between these Essex non-league clubs and like, you know, I've got a mate here, a family member there, and it goes <laughs> generations back. It's, it's it's quality, honestly. I absolutely love it. Um, I, I had a quick question. I'm immediately going off script. Andy's somewhere rolling yeah. his eyes. But um, <laughs> I, I, I've got a question about the, like the coaching aspect really intrigued me, as in, was it, had it crossed your mind at all, like being a coach, being a, not being assistant manager, manager, whatever, prior to any of those injuries? Was it only afterwards when you were like, I need to get back into it? Uh, no, to be honest. So when I left school uh, mm. at 16, um, look back at it now, it was one of them. 
I say it's a waste of time, but then it wouldn't have set mm. me up for sort. I'd done a sort of a coaching, coaching apprenticeship. It was at the yeah. time, and sort of where I was playing with, um, playing on a Wednesday in a college league, and then coaching uh, for Laurie Carter and Dave Huzzy mm. um, at sixteen, seventeen. And that was sort of done that for a couple of years, and that sort of for me was the aim. Was sort of I was still looking at. I was eighteen years old, playing week in week out in the Ram and Prem. It was I was looking at it thinking, oh, I could still make it, to be honest, mm. at the time. But I was just doing a bit of coaching, coaching in schools and stuff like that as a as a kid. Um, and I always said once I finished my career, because my dad was a manager. Um, mm. So I sort of grew up with my dad being a manager, only like local sides, mm. um, mainly Concord, really, where he was a manager. That's where I remember it. Um, so I always had it in my head that I wanted to go into coaching after football. Mm. Um so, yeah, it wasn't something I thought oh, I got injured and then wanted to start. It was always something that I'd planned for my future. I just mm. never imagined to do it so early, really. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Well, you know, marching can be up the leads isn't for everyone, but clearly... <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. But, yeah, we've got all that to come. <laughs> I, I guess the only other thing, obviously, you mentioned, obviously, working with Danny and Nikki Cowley. Do you reckon you could tell then they were destined for for greater things, or 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 not really? Does that come with time after? Not not really. That that sounded terrible. I'm not like oh, I can't believe that's happened with those. Um, no, more of a was there a marked difference in how they approached? I don't know X Y Z or or yeah, I think I think me being the age I was when I worked with them was mm. in non league football. I'd seen non league football from the outset, obviously looking at watching teams and stuff like that when I was younger. Mm. Being involved with them at that age, I remember going away from them when I left because I wanted to be playing. They just got... I was involved when they got promoted in the, um, to the Conference South. Um, and I, I needed to be playing. I was 17 years old. So sort of I decided to leave to go to Averley. And I remember finding it so hard when I left there mm. because of how great of an environment that's no disrespect to Avery at the time yeah, at all mm. but just them two as people was incredible people um yeah. and I wouldn't I'd be lying if me mum dad used to say they're going to go and do something whether that was we always used to have the joke sort of my mum and my dad that dad managed West Ham or something like that mm. one day and that was years ago and who knows that could still be on their yeah. path but but they was they was they was incredible, incredible people. I couldn't speak highly enough of the pair of them. Um, just everything that they did, they were so, they were so intense and they just want, knew what they wanted. Mm. Um, and I think they worked so hard and I was lucky enough to actually go and see them in sort of the, the professional stages when they went to Lincoln. Mm. After one of my operations, my physio's best friends with Danny and Nikki. Mm. So, for my rehab I went there for a month when my brother was at Lincoln as well mm. and to see them obviously I see them at Little Concord Rangers being the manager sort of doing doing what they had to do to get by and do well and then to see them at Lincoln just promoted into League 2 it was just uh, like they're, they're doing their thing still yeah yeah um, and I can only imagine what it what what that's like now sort of obviously now, now they're at Colchester mm. but I just think as people, I don't think you can meet two, two, two nicer people and two more genuine people. Mm. 
That's incredible. A glowing recommendation. Yeah, yeah no, I've got a lot of time for the pair of them, definitely. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, I've got one more non-Canvary related question before Go we on. get yeah, really into the meat of it. Um, it's actually so it's saying that we've been meaning to bring up um, for a while, actually, particularly with our sort of non-league um, guests. And it's so I think a lot of people have the idea that, you know, oh, you're playing football, you just play football all the time you live in the dream like you know that's how it is but actually a, a load of well the vast majority of people in non-league football you know that's not your only job or that's not your only work I guess for yourself how easy is it to balance that on like a day-to-day week-to-week like it's, like, it's it, extremely it, tough I was gonna it say it tough. sounds terrible I, I barely hold tough. down one job let alone two <laughs> <laughs> it is tough I think I've always sort of been uh, sort of when I was a bit younger, I was a bit more of a labourer sort of thing. So I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what I wanted to do. Um, but sort of towards the sort of end of my career, I was I was started to be a plumber. I was mm-hmm. on a plumbing apprenticeship. So on my hands and knees, sort of all day, every day, and then sort of going to a game on a Tuesday night, and then feeling stiff in the morning, and then waking yeah. up for work and stuff like that. Um, it is a big commitment. Um, but I think the lads that are in it, they they're in it because they love football mm. um, and that's what they want to do. I think if you was some of the boys that work in an office and stuff like that, I think that commitment can be a, possibly harder mm. in terms of an office job's normally sort of six o'clock you're finishing, five o'clock you're finishing and then you're rushing to get to a meet time on a game and stuff like that. Whereas labouring, you're, sort of, you're finishing at three or four o'clock. So mm. you do get a little bit more time, but then it's a bit more strenuous on your body. Um but yeah, it is tough, but I, I don't think I would have changed it for the world, to be honest, unless I was playing football all day, every day, which is obviously, I think, every young lad's dream, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> I say, Speaking of plumbers, I fought myself a plumber for about a week during lockdown, ripped, the, <laughs> ripped my own bathroom out, and yeah, I had a disaster class. Yeah, don't, don't ask my wife about that one. That was, <laughs> it caused much concern. Um <laughs> Right, we'll get away from that topic immediately. <laughs> I, I shouldn't listen to this one. Um, not that she listens to any of them, really. Um, Canvey Island. We're talking about Canvey Island. Um, what are your thoughts on the season so far? Um, um, I think I think for everyone involved in the club the last couple of years, it's been it's been such a successful place to be around and such a great place to be around. Um, and looking back over the years, it's nice to sort of be a part of that success because obviously the last few years previous to this two or three have been a bit sort of hit and miss once the money went from Kingy and stuff, if we're all being honest. Um, but it was nice to sort of give the people a canvy and I'm not being funny. That's family, that's friends, it's people, you know, and it's mm-hmm. people, you know, it means a lot to. Um, but then we look at this year, I think last year we over overachieved. I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we, we didn't admit that. Um, and then obviously the expectation levels all, all of a sudden go, well, we're going to go and do the same thing. Mm. Um, I think reality set in a little bit this year. Um, it hasn't helped. It's not an excuse. It hasn't helped having sort of key boys injured and stuff this year. Yeah. Um, but I think we're where, we're where we are. Um, just at the end of the day, the table doesn't lie. We can say we should be higher. We should, we could potentially be lower. The table doesn't lie at the end of the day. Mm. Um, but I think it's still an, a success for us because if someone would have said to us, we'd be, 
I don't want to talk too soon in 10th fate, but staying in the Roman uh, Ishmael Premier for two years on the bounce straight away. I think people who are being realists would say, yeah, that's an achievement for us, mm. considering we've not been in it for a few years. Um, but listen, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not disappointing because ultimately we're all in football to win games and win leagues, win promotions and stuff. But that's not how football goes every year. So it's it's been good. We've had good times. We've had low times. Um, but I think it's just a, a reality check maybe that it's not always going to be promotions and parties yeah. and and three points. So it's um, it's time to sort of people to readjust and reset really mm. and and think about what, what they want to do sort of long run. Do we want to do, does the club as a whole want to go up? Do, do the fans obviously the fans want to do the yeah. players want to it's all sort of it's not just it's not just oh yeah let's go get promoted because yeah. there's so many other stuff involved in the promotion and it's it's the hardest thing in football to get promoted yeah um but I think it's if if we're being honest we all would want to be near the playoffs and mm. we're not at the moment which is it's not a million miles away it's not a million miles away but I think this year more than any that I've been involved in is anyone beats anyone. Mm. And other other than other than the likes of Hornchurch, which yeah. look like they're gonna <laughs> run away with it. Yeah. Um but that was that was on the cards I think anyway. Um it's such a tough league this year. And even you look at some of the teams that you expect to be up there aren't necessarily and then some of the teams that are down there you wouldn't have thought they was going to be down there. Mm. So I think yeah the fact that we're middle of the pack so far, hopefully we can have a little run from now till the end of the season. But it's going to be tough. Um, but yeah, let's let's see let's see how the last fourteen games go. Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's interesting. You touched on an interesting point as well about actually in these sort of divisions, it, it, there isn't just one goal of oh, quick, let's get promoted as quickly as possible. Like football manager it all the way up to the prem. Like there are mm-hmm. huge considerations when when getting promoted out of the league into the league above. Like you know, yeah. grounds, travel, the whole lot of it. Like, it's it's really interesting. I think it's saying that, well, I mean, from your perspective, what would change the most, you reckon, about Canvey if, well, if and when you win every game for the rest of the season and, and go up? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's something that obviously, as a bold, is more mm. of a question you'd ask the bold yeah, for that fair. one, to be honest, because <laughs> realistically, our budget wouldn't, compete mm. if we was to go up with what it is at the moment. That's yeah. I don't think anyone would give me a slap on the wrist for saying that or admitting <laughs> that. Um but I think it's such a it's such a big step. I think you look at some of the teams in that league above and obviously Avery have gone in gone up there and done an amazing job. Mm. Um so you can it can be done. Um but it's just such a big step. Even just travel expenses, you talk about the budget, you talk about just the accom- like accommodating it all really is I think that's the biggest task. Um and I think you see that some teams go up there and go straight back down because they can't deal with it financially. Some teams sort of scrape by, some teams go and excel. I think that's just football. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think football's such a merry go round. It you can be in the worst situation and be the underdogs every week but go and win games. Or you can be a half line team and be disappointing every week. It's mm. I think that's why we all love it really. <laughs> yeah, no, agreed. Um, I've got to say another quick question about sort of form and results and that. It seems like 
actually, it's a common theme throughout the league, to be fair, but particularly for Canvey, like winning at home comes a lot easier than winning away. And I don't, why, why is that? Particularly in, uh, like, in, uh, why is that? Come on, tell me, Sammy. You obviously, <laughs> the other side. Now, obviously it's, more, it's, more, it's more complicated than that. But, you know, is it just familiarity with sort of the pitches and the grounds or, or, or is it, I don't know, a mental problem? Like, I don't know. It's an interesting one that's been it, mooted it a is, number of times. It's a great question. Yeah. It's a great question. I'm not sure I'm equipped to answer <laughs> it, to be honest. I yeah, think if I did know the answer to, to it, if I did know the answer to it, would be at top of the league. <laughs> um, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it, I'm not sure, but I think Canby's a brilliant place to play football, first mm. and foremost. I think I witnessed it as a player very short time. Um, but the crowds and stuff that we was getting sort of on them promotion runs and stuff like that was, mm. listen, they're crazy, they're nuts. I tell <laughs> them that themselves, but they sing, they sing for us all, all day long. Um, and... Yeah, I think it's it's an easy place for the boys to come in. Everyone's comfortable and you have the crowd behind you like that every week. It's easy mm. to go and play in front of that. I've always said that to the boys. It's when you go away and the same people, the same, same faces aren't necessarily there and it's you're sitting in a smaller changing room. Yeah. It's all little things like that, I think. But I don't, I try not to look into that side of things too much. It's, if we turn up on an away day and do our thing, we can go and get results if we're sort of slightly off of it in this league. And I think that's the same if we're at home. I think you look at some of the home games that we've drawn and stuff, on another day we probably should win them. Mm. Um, it's just if you're slightly off the, off the pace at this level, I just think you get punished for it ultimately. And maybe that is to do with people don't we don't like traveling maybe i'm not sure there you go i'll ask everyone i'll uh i'll i'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make a report and then i'll send it over and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that answer together i guess <laughs> i guess to go to slightly revisit an earlier point but i mean obviously with canvey and with yourself what does the uh yeah what does the future hold for canvey in the coming seasons well for the rest of this season and, and beyond really I think I think I said it uh, earlier on. It's ultimately to secure our place in this league. Uh, I think that is the first aim, sort of, ever, at the moment for us. And it certainly was last year, and it was the same again this year. Um, like I said, we all want to go and get promoted. Yeah. If you're involved in football, and if you're a player, you're a coach, you're a water boy, whatever it is, you want to be a part of that. Because touch wood, luckily enough, I've I've been a part of that. I've been lucky enough to sort of witness that at 16, 18, 23, mm. and then sort of at 20, 26 when we, we won the playoff final. Mm. So it's, it's, it's the best feeling that I think you can, you can have, um, whether that's a fan, a player, a manager, assistant manager. Um, but ultimately, we, we, I'd be lying if I said that me and Brad don't want to go and get promoted again. Yeah. Um, and the players that we've, the group of boys that we've got now, that was sort of the aim in house. Mm. Was can we go and get promoted? Um, obviously, things things happen in football, and it, it doesn't look like that's going to happen this year. Um, but who's to say? Sort of, we don't reset over the summer, and and have a, and have a go again next year because that's always going to be the aim. Is can you be in and around it? Um, and you want to be playing for stuff come the end of the season. The last mm. thing you want to be doing is looking over your shoulder sort of relegation wise um 
which touch wood, I think we, we, we should clear from that this year. Mm. Um, I don't want to tempt fate, but I think we've got enough in our group to sort of keep steady the ship and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and who knows? You, we put a run together, you never know. Mm. You never know. But I think in the, the future of the club, um, I think it's got to be sustainable. I think you see so many teams... Yeah. So many teams sort of going at it money wise and spending huge wages, and ultimately it's that I think that catches up with them. Um, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes people have all have got sort of an unlimited pot, and they go and get promotion after promotion, which is a brilliant. If they can do that, it's, it's an amazing thing that they can do. Um, but I think if we sort of just take step by step, season by season, um, and if, if if the promotions come, they come. Because uh, we'll certainly be trying our hardest to go and get them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so important as well. Like that sustainability point. Because again, it's something that's so often overlooked. But actually, even like your own journey, how you described it. Obviously, your, your dad be involved, you be involved. Like, there's got to be a club for the next person. Like, do you know what yes. I mean? Like, it's so easy to forget that. Um, because they're so they're so important for like the communities that they're in and the communities that surround them. Um. That was sage yeah, advice. Yeah. That, was a, that was a great. That was a great way to end my interrogation of you. <laughs> <laughs> with, with with some actual uh, yes, a valid answer rather than my rambling. So thanks very much. Um, <laughs> you haven't fully escaped because, as discussed, I'm a. Uh, I'm going to use you as a stand-in, Andy. I'm afraid, and you are yeah. going to have to do the predictions league. Um, have no fear because yeah. I'm also going to get all of these wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw three fixtures at you, and it's just, it's gotta be just gut gut feel. Um, yeah, I know it's, see, it's terrifying, <laughs> isn't it? I know what they are. I wish you have told me. I'd done a bit of research or something. Well, oh no, don't worry, it doesn't help. It, I've I've known what these are for, for, for all week, and I, I'll just choose the opposite of me. Um, in the championship, we've got QPR versus Rotherham. Bit of a battle at the bottom. Oh, one all. Oh, that's Still a great shout. I've gone two on Rotherham, but only because I hate Rotherham so much that they'll definitely get a result, which is really <laughs> annoying. Um, in, in League One, we've got Charlton versus Portsmouth. Hmm. Oh, uh, oh, it's tough, isn't it? This? Mm. Um, I'll go 3 1, Pompey. What, that's wild. So I'd also said three one. I'm going to change it to four one because we go. I can't. I can't be drawing <laughs> with Andy. Um, and then finally, you'll be pleased to hear League Two: Gillingham versus Wrexham. I go three one again to Wrexham. Oh, okay. I've gone two 0 Gillingham. Don't know why. Just it, probably because I think that they'll they'll lose, so they'll almost certainly win. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Sammy, for indulging my yeah ridiculous requests, but also for such an... I'll be keeping an eye out on them. Yeah, definitely. exactly. See, that's what it does. It hooks you in. <laughs> like, I, I tell people these, and then bloody Gillingham versus Wrexham have never had so many searches on SofaScore, I bet, this week. Um, yeah, thanks very much. That's um, all right. No, no problem. really entertaining, really insightful, and uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time. No worries. Thanks a lot for having me. Cool. Hiya gang, welcome back. Um, first off, massive thank you to Sammy for uh, for A, providing such insightful answers, B, just 
putting up with me and C actually answering my uh, my my blindsiding him with the predictions league. That was a that was a late ad that um I feel like he handled very well. Um his only mistake really was agreeing with me about Charlton versus Portsmouth, but we're all we're all allowed one blip. Um yeah, I don't know if you noticed at the end of that interview, my little cool, um, no idea why I said that either. Just thought I'd I'd leave that in there because I'm nothing if not transparent with you, the audience. Um, and I know I give the impression that this is a, a well-oiled machine and uh, everything goes exactly as I plan. Um, but in reality, you know, it, that's not always the case. Um, but one thing I have planned is a, is a Canvey Island update to follow that Canvey Island insight. Um, I realise it's been it's been a few weeks actually, and here I am trampling all over Andy's uh, Andy's baby. But sorry, Andy needs must. I'm afraid. Um, yeah, it's been a while. I believe I believe we got up to um, our Essex Senior Cup. Our Essex Senior Cup. I tell you, I've become a real Canvey Islandite. I uh, I am a boat watcher in more than just name. I'm we- I'm currently wearing a Canvey Island shirt, just so you know. Like that is my strength of feeling towards uh, towards this Canvey Island team. I've I've just yeah I'm sorry Orient, but yeah there is there is a new almost first team in the equation. Um, enough of that nonsense. Where was I? Uh, we we just got past Chatham Town versus Canvey Island, I believe last time we uh, last time we spoke, um, which wasn't a great result for Canvey. Followed up later that week by yeah disappointing exit from the Essex Senior Cup, unfortunately. 2-1 to Buckhurst Hill, but a tactical, uh, you know, we weren't going to win it. Tactically removing ourselves from the tournament to save our, save our legs for the league. Love that approach. Um, immediately worked with a 3-0 loss to Enfield Town on the 3rd of February, which is what nobody here likes to see. Um, but then closely followed by a fantastic win, 3-0 again at home against Billericay Town. Um, who are flying in the table as well, who are up there in, let me tell you, third position. So, yeah, that was a good result. Unfortunately, this Saturday just gone, um, lost 3-2 to Margate away. You know, some weekends you just have those weekends where you lose to Margate, okay? Um, And this was unfortunately one of them. Um, It's following the trend, though, of Canviano being, you know, fortress movie star stadium. Um, Really good home form. Maybe not so terrific away form, um, and actually, as discussed with Sammy, uh, I'll be I'll be cracking that nut soon, and I'll be sharing my findings with the Canvey Island data analytics team, um, who I'm sure are enormous and well trained. Um, and yeah, we we will we will we will get there together. Everyone, we'll fly up the leagues. Um, that's the sort of state of play for all the matches you've missed uh, coming up. We've got a, a a banger fixture away at Cray on on Wednesday night, and then uh, at home to Car Sholton. Am I saying that right? I hope so. Car Sholton Athletic on Saturday. Um, I highly recommend getting down and watching Canby. I mean, I, I highly recommend getting down and watching any football that you can at any given opportunity because it, it's just fantastic. Even if you've never seen football before, don't understand the rules. Just being around an atmosphere. That is generated at a football game is uh is is terrific and yeah anything you can do to support a local community club like Canvey Island is is even better, um, but yeah I that that that's that's your lot that's your lot not just for the uh, 
not just for the Canvey Island update, but I believe for this whole episode. Um, there you go. The joys of not having Andy to bounce off me means that I, I, I wrap up quickly because I don't go on these... Well, I do go on these mad tangents, but they just stay in my head. They don't come out and, and Andy doesn't give them the time of day. So, yeah, that's... that. That, that that that's this is me this is me as uh the bearded lady would would sing um i look forward to welcoming andy back next week hopefully where maybe maybe there'll be another special guest like uh, gasps gasps from the audience i know um get excited for that um slightly more prepared for the outro this time so i will tell you in advance without the umming and ahhing to go on to Instagram and follow us, obviously, EFL Sesh Pod or Podcast, can't remember which. Go on to X, formerly known as Twitter, same story. Um, Andy is a very active user of both, and I have been sorely lacking, but I, I will I will do my bit when I see those numbers go up. Um, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not yet sure what my bit is, but I'll be doing it. Um, and share, share this, maybe maybe not share this episode because, you know, maybe this isn't the best representation of ourselves, but share us about, tell your friends, tell your family, don't tell your pets because they can't pass it on because they're animals, but play it to them because, you know, the, the algorithm doesn't know whether you're, whether you're playing it to an animal or a human, like it doesn't, it doesn't measure listener, it just measures, measures listener, if that makes sense, which it doesn't, um, yeah, that's me. Thanks again to Sammy Knott for being such a star and uh, and and giving us such great content. And thanks again for all of you guys, the listeners, for listening in. Um, and thanks to Non-League Football for being great. And thanks to Canvey Island in particular for also being such a smashing uh, bunch of people um, and really enabling us to do a lot of this stuff because it wouldn't be possible without the generosity of your time, which sounded glib, but wasn't meant to. I was being deadly serious there. Um, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because this could just go on forever. Um, Ta-ta for now, everyone. Have fabulous days, nights, mornings, whenever you're listening. And uh, I'll see you on the next one. (laughs) 